Welcome to this week's over-unders MLB edition of Stats on Deck. I'm Nick Laporte, and I'm joined by Jake Adams. What's up, buddy? How you doing? We're going to go look through the AL, try to figure out if you're betting, should you go over-under the Vegas projected win total for each team? Uh, we're going to start with the premier creme de la creme yes baltimore orioles Form, formerly a playoff team in years past are we sure years ago they did make it to the playoffs i have one question for you yes was he available it was available <laughs> Ibaldo, it's got nothing to do with philosophical ibaldo jimenez coming that's not in, you you don't come back from that as a franchise you don't come back from that. Uh, we're well, they referencing, haven't. obviously, the wild card loss to the Blue Jays. Uh, infamous, I would say. I think uh, everybody knows what we're talking about. Zach Britton, it, sitting on his ass. Riding the pine. Riding the pine. Nick, was he healthy? Was, he, was there an injury? Yeah, we were considering a lot of things. Oh, you were, Buck. You were, you were considering a lot of things? So Zach Britton was available. It's got nothing to do with philosophical. So it... Because it wasn't a safe situation in your season. He was available. Oh, he was available. He, he was, was available. All right. Well, going in, going off of that, Baltimore, uh, they won 47 games last year. Yes. I'll say that one more time. It was disgusting. 47 games. There was not a single Orioles fan last year that liked their life. So, Let's be honest. Buck Showalter finally got fired. Finally is not there anymore, which is... Thank goodness. It's just good for baseball. It's good for them. <laughs> it's good for the Orioles. It's a step in the right direction. So they're listed right now in their over-unders. Uh, they're listed at 59.5 wins this year. Nick, right. that would be a 12-point win up. Really, 13 wins more uh, if what, you're betting over. What this do you is have? The, This is the most obvious under possibly in the entire list. Um, Baltimore is horrible. They are so bad. They've lost every good player that they have. Even to add insult to injury, they didn't even re-sign Adam Jones, who's a good player. Uh, he could still end up back there, but it doesn't look likely. Um, we're looking at the depth chart right here. Um, I think the the guy that stands out, and this isn't even a good thing, is Mark Trumbo. That's not even good if he's your best guy because you don't really know if he's going to produce for you. If Chris Davis is your starting first baseman yeah. going into the 2019 season. The worst player in baseball last year. You are not going to win a lot of baseball the games. The worst player. Now, you could bet on a bounce back because in years past, he has been a positive player. What's the bounce back? He bat 132 the, last year? The, the, the hope would be that he's like a 245 wow. batter with like 30 to 35 home runs. I don't think he has it in him anymore. I don't think anybody th- – I don't think his mom thinks he has it in him anymore. We're, we're going to spend too much time talking about the Orioles, but let's just close this out real quick. Their their rotation is is the quintessential, hey, isn't it that guy? Didn't he used to play for the Rangers? No, you've got, you've got Dylan Bundy heading up a rotation who throws mm. batting practice for mm. a living, mm. and then – You've got Kashner, who has had good stretches in his career being a competent starting pitcher. I don't hate Kashner. I think he's he's the best of the bunch when you're looking at it. But the problem is this team is such a disaster from from all across the board. There's no upside here. No. Uh, So 
I'm going under. I'm going under. So Moving on. All right. Well, uh, that's been decided. So next, we're going to move on to the best team in baseball last year. Right. They won 108 games. They won the World Series. They yeah. won 11-3 and three in the really playoffs. Really didn't run into an issue, honestly. No. Although, three, three losses in the playoffs total. Yeah. Although Craig Kimbrell did his damnedest yeah, Craig to make Kimbrell that a couple more. Trying to give everybody a heart attack. So this was shocking to me. Yes. We have the Red Sox at 93 and a half wins. You're talking... You're talking about a 15-win de- regression. Right, and, and this is one thing, um, as much as I love fan graphs, they have the Yankees projected higher than the Red Sox. And we'll get into the Yankees a little bit later, but I, th- I think it is insulting, honestly, to uh, – if you're, if you're setting the line there, you're basically saying the Red Sox are due for really almost a 20 or 15 to 20-win regression. When I look at that team – I don't see a lot of regression. I, I will say, to get it out of the way, the question mark is the bullpen. Yes. Um, guys like Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes really stepped up in the playoffs, and I think we both expect them to continue that over the course of the season. But uh, looking at the team, I mean, Christian Vasquez is a solid catcher. You have basically two of the three best hitters in the American League last year, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, uh, you have guys like Jackie Bradley Jr., um, Andrew Benintendi, Xander Bogarts in a contract year, and then uh, a guy I'll let you talk about a little bit, a up-and-coming potential star, Rafael Devers at third base. Write his name down. Right. Write his name down and hold on to it for a long time. If the Red Sox are in your hometown, find a way to get his autograph. Because Rafael Devers is going to be a star for years to come. I like to call him the younger version of Adrian Beltre. Right. And I think everybody has been looking at the replacement for David Ortiz. Now, it's hard to replace a Hall of Famer. There is no replacing him. But (laughs) you're looking for somebody to fill that gap on the team. And I think J.D. Martinez did a great job doing that last year. Best hitter in baseball last year. Being the best hitter in baseball. But I think going into the future, the guy for the Red Sox... Besides Mookie Betts, could be Rafael Devers. The reason that I find this ninety-three and a half mark insulting is because you're getting you have the MVP on your team in Mookie Betts in right field in the AL. You have JD Martinez coming off the the Phantom Triple Crown, best hitter in baseball last year. Clearly, and, and then you have your younger players like Andrew Benintendi, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts in a contract year. All of these guys, and also honestly, Dustin Pedroia. Now we don't know what we're gonna get from him, but. This is a guy who has been at the top, top level of hitters in baseball. MVP, Rookie of the Year, three-time World Series champion. I mean, he brings the pedigree to a team that kind of had some questions at second base last year. I think if he's healthy, he could answer those questions. And even even if you run into a little bit of health issues, the Red Sox are so deep. With Eduardo Nunez being able to play any position in the infield, Brock Holt being able to play eight positions. Mitch Moreland's a good player. They re-signed Steve Pierce, who is the World Series MVP. Right. And then you're also bolstered by probably the deepest starting rotation staff in baseball. absolutely. I mean, Chris Sale, when he's healthy, it's inarguable that he's the best left-handed pitcher in baseball right now. Um, David Price, who finally solved his playoff demons, uh, he's looking potentially at his best regular season. I mean, we've seen it so many times in years past when a guy figures it out in the playoffs and carries it over into the season. Uh, Rick Porcello, he's probably gone sometime in the near future, but for now, he's, in a still, contract here, he's still a competent pitcher. And then uh, re-signing Nathan Eovaldi was huge. Uh, he was huge for this team down the stretch and into the playoffs. 
he was one of the key cogs in helping them win the World Series. And then a guy that you love his potential, um, I like to think of him as potentially an all-star this year or next year, Rodriguez. The talk coming out of uh, training camp and when Eduardo Rodriguez showed up is he's in the best shape of his life. Right. He's in the bullpen sessions he's thrown and then the couple starts that he's had in in these spring training games, everybody said that he looks better than he has at any stage of his right. career. And he's shown flashes of dominance, if we're being honest. He was kind of the odd man out in the rotation last year in the playoffs. And I don't think that's the case this year. I think he will solidify himself as the clear number three on this team. And potentially going forward, I mean, let's be honest, he has ace potential. Mm-hmm. The other, the other thing too, and I just we could I could spend all day talking about them, this sure, team. Sure, of course. But the thing that everybody's talking about is the Red Sox bullpen and the question marks there, and it's fine. I understand that. But the thing that I that makes me worry about it only a little bit is the fact that this starting rotation. I mean, you have five guys that can legitimately go seven innings every Absolutely. time they step onto a mound. Absolutely. And then you only have a couple more outs to get in a game. On top of this offense that is right, capable of scoring. And I think this is a team where a bullpen may not be a huge issue because you're going to be scoring a lot of runs, especially with the reigning MVP, Mookie Betts. I feel like we didn't even talk about him. We all know how good he is. Uh, I think we both like the clear over here. I think even if they regress, this is still a 97-98 win team. I think that's with regression. Right. We don't even know if they get better. God forbid if they get better, <laughs> they could be an 110 win team. So we'll 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 move on a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna now talk about the Chicago White Sox disappointing off season. Some more socks. Yeah, some back to back socks. So a pair of socks. <laughs> it was disappointing. They they failed to get Machado. They failed to get Bryce Harper. Uh, those were the two guys that they really wanted, mm-hmm. and they they made a competitive offer for Machado. We don't really know how close they were to getting Harper. Uh, honestly, their offer for Machado might have been better. I think it was uh, eight years, $250 million. It was right. a higher annual deal with incentives. It could have been more than $300 million if he hit on everything. Uh, they were really disappointed when they missed out on Machado. I mean, they, they practically hired his entire family yeah. to come to come in close <laughs> friends to It was one of play. the best um, pitches to a free agent we've seen <laughs> as long. far as uh, maybe – almost bordering on criminal right we might need to look into that a little bit later we'll see if investigations <laughs> there was out. tampering but um they won 62 games last year they are projected this year to go up actually quite a bit they're projected at 76 and a half wins uh going into this going i'm just into this gonna year. say under i'm just gonna come out and say it I think that I division agree. is weak but uh the white Sox didn't do much to prove that they can even approach a 500 level team They've gotten, in years past, gotten rid of almost all of their good players. When you're looking here at the team, I mean, Jose Abreu is a good player, not great. He's good. Um, their outfield is is in trouble. And you can just say that right from, right from the jump. It's from the not jump. looking good. Anytime John Jay is projected to be your best outfielder, potentially... It's kind of terrifying. You've got Angle who's shown that he can be a gold glove winning center fielder. Right. But, I mean, the reality is, is that this outfield is not going to be able to produce very much. And when you look at the team overall, outside of Jose Abreu and maybe Yonder, Alon- Yonder Alonso at DH, I mean, where is your offense coming right. from? And I think you're betting on um, this guy was the centerpiece of the Chris Sale trade a couple years ago, Yohan Mankata. 
you're really hoping that he finds that potential, finds a way to stop striking out so much and breaks out as a star. I still think he could. I think absolutely he could be an all-star in the future. Not right now. The The big concern about him is that he's going to be able to play a good glove at second base. Yeah. You think he's going to be able to hit, but he led the majors in strikeouts last year. And, right. he's, and it, he's, it was horrible. And it, watching him swing, it, he had a better chance of striking out than he did of making, I mean, of, of literally making contact for an out. And you don't love to see that. No. But so, I do like the rotation. Now, they traded Adam Eaton a couple years ago to get Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, two guys that I can speak on who I think are both future solid starting pitchers Mm. so i like the two of them i don't hate nova i think he's a decent pitcher in the right situation uh carlos rodon uh almost makes me think of anthony rendon except anthony rendon's good and rodon is not (laughs) that's that's true (laughs) but he's not a horrible guy to have i think if they're going to make a push to go over this 76 and a half i think it's going to be on the back of their starting pitching we saw some great things out of Lucas Giolito for stretches there. We saw Reynaldo Lopez can be a competent pitcher, both in his time in D.C. and in Chicago. Now, that being said, I think I'm going clearly with the under here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't I, 76 wins even in that terrible division is yeah. going to be really hard to come by. I don't Chicago showed stretches last year, even with the team that they had, that they're capable of piecing wins together. But sure. it's not going to be, I mean, 76 wins a year. I think 70 would be a good goal yeah. for them this year. So moving on, division winner last year in the Central in a bad yeah. division, but a very good team in the Cleveland Indians. Yes. Cleveland won 91 games last year, but the problem for them that they ran into is that they didn't really play a meaningful competitive game until they got to October, and yeah. then Houston wiped the floor with them. And one thing I like here, we'll talk about them a little bit later, the Minnesota Twins are going to hopefully offer some more competition for them. Uh, that being said, I, I from an outside perspective, I like the over here. I think Cleveland could end up in that 92-93-94 win range. Uh, but it's not a clear over. Yeah. And that's the thing. They could win this division with 88 or 87 wins. They're listed at 90, I, 90 and a half. I think they're a 90, 90 win team They're right on, right on the number. There. They play in such a bad division. I mean, honestly, with as many games as they play against the Tigers and sure. against the Twins, the White Sox, I mean, you're... And, and the Royals, wow! And you know nobody the, wants to talk about the Royals. It, unfortunately, we're going to have to get to them. But <laughs> the reality is, is, you're you're not playing really meaningful competitive games in that division, and right. that's going to take a toll on them. Regardless, it's it's kind of like this beautiful face value of like, look how great this team is, right? I mean, you have one of the best shortstops, probably the best shortstop in my opinion in baseball, and Francisco Lindor. Absolutely, the, I agree. The left side of your infield is stacked. I mean, you're talking about. Jose Jose Ramirez Ramirez coming off the best season by a third baseman last year in all of baseball. I mean, it's a talented left side of the infield that can carry an offense for stretches in a season. They have a competent starting rotation. Now, they lost Encarnacion. Yep. They lost Jan Gomes. And um, they were going to lose some of their rotation, but they ended up keeping pretty much everybody. Corey Kluber in years past has been a top-tier ace on a playoff team. Trevor Bauer had his best season last year, and he was kind of hampered by injury and uh, something of an innings constraint. It wasn't really uh, pronounced, but uh, he's definitely a candidate to improve. And I like Carlos Carrasco as well. I think he's he's, healthy. He's underrated. When he's healthy, he is a key piece for them. So I I like the over here, but I'm not crazy about it. Their outfield is really concerning to me. Um, I... 
if Tyler Naquin is probably your best outfielder, yeah, that's not good. You're in trouble. And <laughs> that is not good. I mean, Jason Kitten is finally getting back to go in the infield, but I really wouldn't be surprised if they throw him back in left field. I mean, uh, they might or in center field. I mean, he's not an outfielder. They might have to, but they might have to because I mean, you don't know the production that you're going to be getting from any of the three spots in your outfield, and that's concerning. It's going to be they'll be fine right. going through the regular season, but what happens when it comes down to winning time and you have to face the Red Sox, the Astros, you know, yeah, like the the heavy athletics, hitters. You know, what I, I, mean? I think it's clear. That they're not in the top tier of the American League, even though they're probably the division winner. Right. So moving on, uh, we're going to stay in the AL Central, and yeah. we're going to go down to the Tigers. Um, the Tigers... Uh, it's disappointing. Well, this is... You're you're left with the relics of aging players yeah. that were competent and were winning divisions and making deep runs in the playoffs going yes. to World Series. It's not getting over the hump but, you know, with a great and starting there rotation. There are a few key decisions that the Tigers made that probably looked good at the time that have kind of killed their team. Now, they let Max Scherzer go because they had Justin Verlander signed to the big contract. Mm-hmm. That was a disaster. Max Scherzer has gotten way better and the Tigers have gotten way worse. They ended up signing Jordan Zimmerman Supposed to be a key guy backing up Verlander there in the rotation. They ended up trading Verlander away, keeping Jordan Zimmerman. Has been kind of kind of bleak there as far as wins go. They're listed right now. I mean, they won sixty four games last year. They've they're they're expected to play a little bit better in a weaker division in sixty nine and a half. You're hoping right. Miguel Cabrera is going to be healthier. He's still able to play. Oh, I mean, sure. he's still able to produce. Sure. But the problem is, is at what cost? And if you're going to be a dealer at in July, which I expect the Tigers to they be, they should be. Yes. How do you move that massive contract? I, I think unless you take on payroll, or if you're sending him to New York, L. A., Chicago. Boston, somewhere like that, that can afford it. I don't know if you can get off that contract. And it's kind of disappointing because Miguel Cabrera isn't too far removed from being one of the best players in baseball. You were hoping that the end of his career would look a little bit better than this. That being said, I like the under here. I think the Tigers, there's some names you recognize, but not put together like a playoff team or even a good team or even a decent team. I, I have them as the under two. I, I just think they're going to be dealers at the at the deadline. They need to get rid of some I of these. I think Castellanos is a good candidate right. for a trade we talked about on the last podcast, maybe the Nationals or someone like that as a, as a landing spot for him. I think they're definitely going to be one of the key sellers at the deadline. Yeah, and their rotation, obviously, too, is just it's just all over the place. I mean, you have an aging Jordan Zimmerman who used to be a top end of the tier guy. Right. You have Tyson Ross who's shown competency to I mean, back he, end. He's looked like a solid number three in the past, but he's also looked like a guy that can't crack the rotation. Yeah, and then Michael Fulmer. I mean, younger younger pitcher. Right. I mean, competent. He looked like a rookie of the year, Yeah, honestly. Competent competent to head that rotation, but the, the idea that he's your number one is concerning. Right. Right you, now. You would have to have a good team around him to feel comfortable there, exactly. and they don't. Exactly. So moving on from Detroit, we're going to talk about now one of the marquee teams yep. in, in baseball as a whole, a team that has solidified themselves um, right now and for years to come is just top tier in baseball in yeah. the Houston Astros. They won 103 games last year. They were the second best in baseball. Yep. They are loaded in every position that you can possibly think of, and they have depth in starting rotation and in and in uh, in position players. They're projected now, and also in my opinion, a little bit insulting as were the Red Sox at 96 and a half wins. Nick, what do you have over under? Well, see, I'm going to disagree that it's insulting because. 
I think last year, we've talked about this before, with the three triple-digit win teams, that's kind of an aberration. That doesn't really happen very often. Now, that being said, I think the Astros would probably be my second or third best overall team when we look at it. But I think I'm going to go with a slight under here. I think they still should win their division, but I think they could be closer to that 94-95 win range. The American League has been strong in years past, and the Astros have taken advantage of that. That being said, I don't know if they have the ability to reach that 98-plus win mark again. So I'm going to go with a slate under here. I think Bregman's a candidate for some regression. I think that Carlos Correa hasn't shown that he can stay on the field. And I also, one of my favorite guys, George Springer, my problem with him is he kind of waits till October to turn it on. Mm -hmm. I don't know if depending on him for a full 162 is the right move here. I still have them. I have them as an over, and I, I just think with an, with an MVP in Jose Altuve, you have Carlos Correa, who's hopefully going to be healthy for the year. You you added Michael Brantley in left field. True, and that's a good pickup. And you, I mean, you have one of the best defensive and really one of the better outfields in baseball in George Springer, Josh Reddick, and Michael Brantley. Sure. Health, you know, health permitted. Yes. The only thing that's actually interesting in – that I that I go back to as a concern for this Houston team is the fact that last year Houston arguably had the best starting rotation in baseball. This right. year, it's it's a different story. I think there are way more concerns here. You have Verlander a year older. Yep. Uh, you have Garrett Cole that really always looks great in the regular season, but when it comes down to winning time, he kind of fades. Right. He he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that can carry a rotation, and we saw. Even in that Indian series, there were times when he didn't look great, and especially against the Red Sox, he he faltered. Um, I don't like the Wade Miley deal. I think a lot of people, including the Astros, think Wade Miley is a candidate for a bounce back year. I think we already saw it. I think we saw. I think we did see the it. Peak, yeah. The peak of what he can do was with the Brewers, and it wasn't that great. I don't like him as one of my key guys. And then Colin McHugh being your three four guy, right? Is I see him as a long-term bullpen piece. Right, I see and I see him. Peacock the same way. Right, so I there's definitely questions that rotation... And, and they didn't hold on to Charlie Morton, which probably is a smart move. Mm -hmm. that for being, the money, yeah. That being said, uh, he was a key guy for them these last couple of years. The other thing, too, that I, that I think needs to be mentioned is that Houston Astros are not a top payroll team. Right. They're not the Red right. Sox. They're not going to hold on Cubs. to guys... Going way deep into the luxury tax. So when you start thinking about they they extended and re-signed Jose Altuve for years to come for a lot of money, which was yeah. a good move. But the problem... Well, well, was it a good move, though? Because as great as he's been, there are injury concerns mm -hmm. there and there are longevity concerns that's, there, I think. That's true, because you kind of compare him to Dustin Pedroia. Sure. A gold glove Very second similar base guys. Who works hard and he has to work that much harder because he's undersized. Right. But the issue is is that takes a tear on your body, as you're now and seeing. he didn't break out until he was kind of into his late 20s. And and then going off of that is... How, I, I'd love Altuve more if, if he's coming off his age 27 season. Right. You know? Going off of that, with, with the payroll that they do have... In Houston, how likely are they to hold on to Springer, Correa, and Bregman? I mean, moving forward. I mean, I, I don't see all three of those guys right, being able to of stay. Of those guys, I think we all thought Correa was the standout guy that mm -hmm. was going to be the lockdown guy for them for years to come. Now I don't really know. I've seen George Springer turn it on in the playoffs and be really a, an excellent player. I've seen Alex Bregman coming off a really outstanding year, but 
also there are question marks there. And I think Correa, it's just health. Yeah. If he's healthy, he should be one of the three best shortstops in baseball. If he's not healthy, you kind of wonder, can they find a way to patch that part of the lineup up? Now we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, Anchor. When we come back, we will get into the rest of the over-unders for the American League, including some great discussions about Mike Trout and the Los Angeles Angels and where the Yankees go from here. Stay tuned. Moving on, and I promise we'll be quick with this with these uh, with this next over under. Sorry, thirty seconds or less. Sorry to Royals fans. Um, you won a World Series in twenty fifteen, yeah. and be we happy. love your manager, and we do, and you can be happy about that World Series for many many years. Forever, to come. really, because the Royals won fifty eight games last year in a terrible division, right? In a terrible terrible division, and didn't show that they were very competent. They're actually projected to potentially win 12 to 13 more games this year. It's 70 and a half wins. I think this is a clear under. This is so under. This is the underest under besides the (laughs) Orioles and the Marlins. Um, Salvi. Salvi, baby. I love Salvi. But he's not playing. He got hurt again. And And it kills me. And I don't like that. Now, they've lost Lorenzo Cain. They've lost Mike Moustakis. They've lost Eric Hosmer. I don't see a lot of good things on this team. Aaron Gordon is a gold glove winning outfielder. And that was a disaster of a contract. And it, it is. Because you know who it reminds me of? Who? This is a different sport. Mm-hmm. John Wall. That's a great comparison. You know, guys who, who were the star of their team in bad years, who made the playoffs with their team and had some success. Some success. Right. Not a lot of success, but, they, but they, some they, success. Yeah. And then they signed them to the huge extension and injuries and age kind of catch up to them. He is a liability, to say the least. He's a minor league bat, but a gold glove it's winning horrible. outfield. It's and, horrible, and I wish the best of luck to him. I hope he finds a way to produce and potentially even win with this team or with another team, but I just don't see it. On a, on a closing note on that, just, just to skip through this really quickly, Whit Merrifield... I hope that you get dealt to a very good baseball team <laughs> like the Oakland Athletics, who you could help oh, a lot. Oh, you're a perfect A. With. You are a perfect A, and then the Royals can build up a couple of prospects. I'll say this. He's an A+. Plus. I, I love Whit Mary. I love Whit Merrifield, and he deserves to be on a competent team while he's good. We'll hope the best for Whit Merrifield. So moving on, uh, we won't stay too long there. We're going to move over to the Angels, one of Nick one of Nick's AL teams. This is one of my favorite teams to watch. Um because of one person. Because of Mike Trout. <laughs> because of one person. Because of Mike Trout. So, Nick, the Angels last year won 80 games. Right. They were how they've been the last couple of years. A middling they, team. A middling team with the best player in baseball. Which is unfortunate. And we hope that does not continue. Uh, they are projected to win 81 and a half games this year, uh, which is right in line with how they finished last year. Right, and th- this is one here where um, there's kind of not a lot of expected improvement. We all know what they are. They're Mike Trout. Only. And Mike Trout takes a trash can team into a basically near or over 500 team when he's healthy, which he usually is, knock on wood. Um, 
Mike Trout is going to help them be an 80 to 83, 84, 85 kind of win team. I really hope. <laughs> this I is a really big help, hope, though, Nick. I hope that they're a wild card team this year. I don't see it necessarily, but I think it's possible. No, it's definitely in the that cards. That being said, I'm going to go over. I think this is an 83-ish win team. Is that enough to win a wild card, though, in no, this top-heavy AL? Think, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to win 82, 83, 84 wins in that range. So, looking at the supporting cast, you've got another year of Justin Upton, so another year of 30 God home runs you. and 200-plus strikeouts. You've got Justin Bohr at first base, which, by the way, is not a bad pickup. No, Justin Bohr is a good bat. He is. He's a good bat. Um, you have Anderson Simmons, who's figured out how to hit to back up his and stellar defense. Going off that, the left side of their infield with Zach Cozart, he's a good player, too. With the Reds. I wish they, right. I wish they kept him. I wish they kept him. <laughs> um, no, this is a competent team. and we say, I feel like we say this every year about the Angels. And wait, you're forgetting oh. about one guy. I, I don't think I was. Who will hopefully get way more playing time than Albert Pujols, as much as I hate to say that. Oh, yes, I was. Excuse me. Show high. Showtime. Here we go. Showtime, baby. Full season. Oh. Rookie of the year. Does he have to pitch? No, he's not pitching this year. He doesn't? No, no, because of the arm, right? He's, he's only batting this year, which I think is a brilliant move. This is going to be good. He's a really good pitching prospect, and I think he could be an all-star in that department. He's an outstanding hitter. And backing up Mike Trout in that lineup, it's going to be awesome to have him healthy all year, I hope. This is a promise from the Stats on Deck podcast that if Albert Pulos, through two for, through two months of this of the opening part of the season has more at bats than Shohei Otani. We will personally fly <laughs> to LA and fix this problem. Well I think the good thing is Otani can play in the outfield if you want. Mm-hmm. He has the talent. He can DH if you want. I think when we're looking at Justin Upton, Cole Calhoun, and Albert Pujols as guys that are all worse than Otani, I think there's definitely playing time there for him. And I think it's gonna be great to have him play really and, you know, 150-plus games mm-hmm. this year, just focusing on hitting, focusing on improving. That's going to be great. And, honestly, Mike Trout finally kind of has a partner in crime. But there's one glaring issue. And right. this has been the Achilles heel this of is, this team. This the, is bad. The last, what, five, six years is really the starting forever. rotation. Except 2014, yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> the idea that you are relying on Oof. the insane person of Matt Harvey – to front end this, to, to possibly front end this rotation. Now, we do like Trevor Cahill, though. You mean Trevor, my fastball destroyed the Death Star Cahill? Right. And okay. That's the PG rated nickname. Yeah. That is. <laughs> Trevor Cahill's a, a decent pickup. I kind of like the Cody Allen pickup here. I, I, I know you have reservations about him, but I've to watched, be fair, he's the best closer they've had in some time. Now that that's a fair that's a fair point. I I have seen Cody Allen pitch for the pitch for the uh, the Indians for the last couple of years, right. and I can just tell you, if you want to talk about heart attacks when you step on a mound, right. you are talking about the top tier. Definitely less pressure on him here, though. Yeah, because. He, because of the years where they've been middling, I mean, you you put Cody Allen in a situation where it's like we'd like to make a playoff. I mean, if he push. can flip around some of those one run games, we we could be looking at things going right and the Angels Absolutely. being a playoff team, which is what happened last time they made the playoffs. That being said, I'm disappointed in their front office. Yes, they have done a horrible job of surrounding Mike Trout with talent. That being said, I'm going over here. I think I'm I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm praying like you are that we're going to get to see Mike Trout 
have some at-bats in the playoffs. Just please let us have a couple series of Mike Trout in the playoffs before he hits free agency. That's right. So moving on, we're going to go to the Minnesota Twins. They won 78 games last year. They're projected at 83 and a half wins this yeah. year, Nick. They're in a bad division. Yes, they are. But you and I like this team. I like them over here. I think this could be a team that surprises everybody and wins their division. I think the Indians are not as much as a lock as we think. Okay. And I think Minnesota, when we're looking at them, now they may not be as good as the team that made the playoffs a couple years ago as a wild card team. That being said, the divisions got weaker. And when you look around the diamond, we have Shoop or Scope. I always say his name wrong. I apologize. It's, it's to, either. I apologize to Jonathan. You know who you are. You're, <laughs> you're a decent player, and you're finally out of Baltimore, which is a great thing. Um, I like Buxton going into the future as a guy that could be a piece of a playoff team. The other thing I also like about the Twins is that when you really look around when you look around the diamond, I mean, there are a lot of guys that you may not know their names if right. you don't watch them play 162 games. But the reality is is that they're really solid at pretty much every position. You've got Miguel Sano at third base. And he's who's a, good. Who's a competent powerhouse at 3-4 in the bat. You had a really good year from Rosario last right. year who, who led that team. Brian Buxton – yeah, it's Brian Buxton. Has Byron, sh- I think. Oh, is it Byron? Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton has shown the ability – great outfield glove. Yes, absolutely. He can hit, but you don't expect him – And we're hoping he improves in that department. Yeah, and then guys guys that get overlooked, I actually – Honestly, maybe the biggest overlooked guy when you look at the depth chart because he's second on every position, Marwin Gonzalez. Who is one of our favorite free agents right. this, this offseason. He's absolutely an Anthony Rendon all-star. And then you have Nelson Cruz picking up the – who is sh- – He's not going to have to play in the field, and he's just going to get to hit. He's just going to crush home runs. And maybe with a little bit of help from a couple supplements. Yes. Under the radar. Not that I'm saying I I am a, I want this to happen, but, you know, you could see him hit 40 home runs. Sure. And you know what? I think this is another team like the Reds and like the Brewers where the guys that they have could add up to a playoff team overall mm-hmm. when individually you might not see it. they look a little bit like the brewers in in some respects because if you get a lot of these guys to hit at the right time yes. they could win a division right i mean they that's an absolute possibility the only thing that's scary though is their starting rotation that's, or their, or their why, bullpen that's kind of why i i would link them to the brewers where i think the rotation's mm-hmm. bad but the players around them are good that being said the bullpen's not the best Moving on, and so um, we both like the over oh, there. Yeah, we to both clarify. We, sorry, yeah, we both do like the over. Moving on, um, one of our favorite teams, the New York Yankees. Yes, uh, New York Yankees won 100 games last right. year. Yankees by fans the skin are of their really teeth. excited because the Yankees signed Manny Machado and Bryce. Oh wait, no, they didn't. No, okay, but but, but they Pat- traded for JT Real Mood. No, but, they didn't. But they got Paul Goldschmidt in. The- no, they didn't. But they were going to get Nolan Arenado at the deadline. But but now they won't. But they made some good moves pitching-wise by re-signing CeCe Sabathia. And extending uh, Severino. Right, and they got um, James Paxton. If it sounds like we're being sarcastic, it's only because we don't like the Yankees like 99% of America. Right. Having said that, we are going to acknowledge that they do have some competency, and they did win 100 games last year. Yes, they did. By the skin of their teeth. Right. They are projected to win 96.5 wins this year. Nick, I'm going under here. This is a clear under. 
Um, I think the Yankees should get Aaron Judge back healthy, which is a good thing because definitely, especially at home, he is a superstar. Um, I think that's going to help them. I think if you're looking at the Yankees, Giancarlo Stanton, you're hoping for kind of a bounce back closer to his MVP year than what it was last year. In that in that little league stadium. Right. Giancarlo. And you're looking at um you're looking at around the diamond, you're hoping that Troy Tulowitzki can play baseball. For six months until Which he can't. He can't play major league baseball anymore. Let's just be honest. Well he can't catch but up. Two, there are two rookies last year who we both liked. Glaber Torres and um, Andujar. Miguel Andujar. Yep. We both liked them. Now, they could be candidates for a sophomore slump. The, here's here's the deal. And what, Luke Voigt, let's just not, I'm not, not even I'm not consider talk about he's Luke going Voigt. to not be part of their equation by May. If you're if you're a Yankees fan, you also don't want us to talk about Luke Voigt. Because if right. you're relying you're on hap- him... If you're a Yankees fan, you're happy that he helped your team. Yeah. But you know that he's not good. Let's 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 get to the real bones of this team. Aaron Judge terrifies every team the moment he steps into a batter's yes, he box. Does. He is one of the, he is one of the premier power hitters in baseball, and he will be for the next couple of years. Right, and there, I have no questions about that. I am looking for a regression in a sophomore slump in Duhar and Torres. And if you're and if you don't think that's going to happen, then you are a Yankee fan. True. Um, going off of that, catcher, catcher is a, is kind of a disaster because Gary Sanchez. Is definitely a hitter. He's a good enough hitter to be in this league and be potentially a star in this league, even though he strikes out a lot. His defense is unwatchable. We the his job description. Yes. As a professional, not even a professional athlete, just as a job. His description is catcher. Right. And that's the thing that he does worst on a baseball field. He can't do it. He cannot do it. And and this is no surprise to Yankee fans or anybody that watches the Everybody Yankees knows play. that he sucks defensively. If you're the Yankees, right, you're, you are basically saying to yourself, how many games can we win on the back of Austin Romine as our catcher? And that's the thing. If you, if you throw Romine into the starting role, I think it's pretty arguable that if we're looking at Romine versus Brett Gardner offensively, Brett Gardner is getting older and getting way worse offensively. I think your best move if you're the Yankees might be to go Giancarlo in left, Gary Sanchez at DH, and Austin Romine, or maybe even in addition at the deadline as your catcher, because we know Gary Sanchez can't really be a starting catcher. This team is more than capable of winning division, and they're absolute, and they're actually projected on a lot of sites to win the division, right. which is right where I like it to be as a Red Sox <laughs> fan. Having said that, you're facing, as as the Yankees, you're facing a real possibility that Giancarlo Stanton is going to have to play many games in the outfield for right. you, barring injuries or Brett Gardner not producing from a bat's perspective, staying right. healthy. And then you also signed DJ LeMahieu, who is a premier bat, has won batting titles in the NL, and he doesn't have a starting spot on this right, team right now. Right. And I don't I don't How even know work? I don't even know if Torres can play short. There are a lot of question marks on this team. Right. There are question marks. We won't spend too much time talking about it. We both like the under here, but we as we mentioned on our last podcast, we both still like them as a playoff team. Yeah, we do. So we'll move right along. To one of our favorite teams. Billy Bean. Oakland Athletic. We love them. They're our favorite. And they made the playoffs last year, which was awesome. Uh, they didn't just win. Now, despite all their inter- injuries, mind you. Here's what's amazing. 
in most years, as you pointed out before this podcast started, the Oakland, Oakland Athletics won 97 games last year. In most years, that's enough to be the best team in the American well, League. Honestly, in baseball, in, in baseball. a lot of years, like if we look even back to, I think, 2016, that would have won them the most games or darn near it. Actually, maybe not because of the Cubs, but... Absolutely, 97 should be one of the top, top teams in the league. So this is a perfect example of what the Oakland Athletics are. They're projected to win 83 and a half games this year, as I think they are most years. They're expected to finish 500 every year. There are very few years where they come into the year as a playoff favorite. I think it's fair to say, though, that you and I are excited about Oakland Athletic Baseball this year. Well, we like Chapman. We like Olsen. Uh, we like Mike Fires. I think. I think we saw some of what he can do. I'm a quad- maybe not as an ace, but as a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a closeted Marcus Simeon fan. I, I think, think that, we all are. I don't think, I think any- everybody is. <laughs> I don't think anybody talks about him enough because he plays in Oakland. There's nobody who thinks, man, I don't like that guy. We all think, man, he's a good player. If you get Marcus Simeon on your team, he will instantaneously become one of your favorite players because that guy right. plays his ass off. And every they have one day. of the best relief pitchers, Blake Trinan, mm-hmm. whom I know very well. And honestly, even though it may not be the best overall stat line with Chris Davis, Chris with a K, by the way. With a the, K. The good one. The good guy. It may not be a great thing to only hit under 250, but at least you know what you're going to get out of him. He's consistent every year because right. he's batted, what, 246 for the last every four straight years? Year. Every year, and he's going to give you the home runs. And he doesn't have to play defense, which is a good thing usually. The reason we love the Oakland Athletics, and especially as baseball people is that they find uh basically they're an island of misfit toys of just a chasm of production right you've got guys like steven piscotti who are going to produce and they're going to be consistent every year you've got guys like chapman and olsen that are going to be quality corner infield solid pieces for years to come absolutely and and then the other guy another guy that got overlooked all year is lou trevino yeah you've got a guy that has an a plus arm with nasty stuff and the only reason that nobody talks about him is because he plays for oakland and like trident last year so that being said i think we both like them over here oh i love them over and i think they're definitely a playoff contender Mm -hmm. and honestly if you look at it if houston regresses a little bit and oakland improves a little bit they could be a division winning team oh you're they took over the division league last year for, for stretches in the West last year. Right. I mean, I mean 97 wins is nothing to laugh at. It, it, it would have been the best <laughs> overall record in the NL, by the way. So uh, we we love Oakland. If, yes. If you have the MLB subscription package, that Watch should be a Oakland. team. Watch Oakland. Watch Oakland. They're the, a great team. So moving on from Oakland, we're going to get into a team. We're going to get into a team that just feels disappointing. They never really can put it together. It's the Seattle Mariners. They won 89 games last year, which was an upswing for them. Which was awesome. And, and it was good to see them because they're at, I, I believe nobody has a longer postseason drought than the Mariners. I believe now that is true after Minnesota. After Minnesota. A couple, couple years ago. So Mariners won 89 games last year, but the problem is they sold the they sold everybody off this yes, year they for did. prospects. They're projected at 70 and a half wins this year. Nick, what do you have? I have them slightly over. Now that being said... I think it's going to be a huge regression from the 89, but I still think they're capable of being a 74-75 win team potentially. Now, what do you think? Um, I think that it's hard. I think they're going to win. Because I like Kyle Seeger a lot. I do too, and it's a shame that he's going to be playing on a team like this. They, they lost 
Robinson Cano in free agent, which I don't think is a bad well, idea. Well, didn't they trade him, actually? Oh, they, they traded him, excuse me. But I think that was a good play because they're trying to build towards a future. It's right. a restructuring tool. Now, that being said, as far as DH goes, I think the, the change from Nelson Cruz to Edwin Encarnacion, there's almost no difference. This, it, they're, they're comparable. They're comparable players. And a guy that I don't like personally, Hunter Strickland out of the bullpen, he's a decent bullpen pitcher. There's no question about it. This team is in a rebuilding in a rebuilding process, and right. they are going to be for a couple of years. Um, we I'm going to go slightly over, though. I, I I can agree with slightly over. I mean, 70 wins by a major league baseball team, I think is competent. I think it's doable. Yeah. So for them. All right. So moving on, one of the surprise teams last year, who was kind of reinventing baseball in a little bit of a way last year in the Tampa Bay Rays, they right. won 90 games last year without a starting rotation. Right. And I think this is a clear under personally. Even though I like them they're, and I like what they're doing, they're posted at eighty four and a half this year. For, right, for and I, th- I think it's like a under. clear under just because the Red Sox and the Yankees are going to be too good for the Rays to have anything left over. There's been talk about them potentially as being a possible wild card team just because of how they play last year. I think that they had some success. I think they have a great manager, right. Kevin Cash. Yes, I, I think he's one of the better young managers in baseball. But when you look around this, and I team, like Joey Wendell. Oh, I, we we both do. Right. That's an Anthony Rendon. He may not hit a lot of home runs, but he's a good player. You've got Kevin Kiermaier, Gold Glove winning outfield. Yeah. Um, but you start looking around this team. I mean, there's just it's it's Tommy Pham, Matt Duffy, Blake Snell though is a bright spot. Right. Blake Snell, even if he regresses, is definitely a number one. Mm-hmm. So I I also have them as an under. I. There's not a lot. Of, there's a lot of question marks around yes, that team. Yes. So moving on, we're going to go to the Texas Rangers. Seven, they won sixty-seven games last year. They're projected at seventy-one and a half. Where do you have them, Nick? I have them under, and this would fall in line with their win total last year. I don't really like their team. I think we're a little bit removed from them being a good team, mm-hmm. and I think this is definitely a team that doesn't have a lot of great players to me the texas rangers are like a are like a mega millions lottery ticket yeah there's not a lot of chance that you're gonna win right but if you do right it's it's an embarrassment of riches i mean you have guys on this team that are gonna bat 200 to 220 and strike out 200 times but they're also gonna hit a shit ton of home runs right and if you're the rangers you're hoping uh joey gallo improves making contact Mm -hmm. you're hoping as drubal cabrera stays healthy Elvis Andres, honestly, he's been one of the quiet, good players in the American League. That being said, I don't know if you want to count on him as one of your premier guys. And then looking at the starting rotation, I mean, Mike Miner and Lance Lynn is Andrew Smiley are are your rotation guys with Edison Volquez. It's just kind of like, it's just a meandering pitching staff. I mean, you would hope that all of those guys are okay Mm -hmm. to good. There's nobody that even could approach great on that team. It, it's a lottery ticket. It's yeah. it, watching watching Joey Gallo hit. It's like he could hit a 550 foot home run. Sure, but even if he does and doesn't strike out, nobody's on base. Right, and there's nothing you really like watching Joey Gallo except no. the highlight home runs. Exactly. So, so we both like them under there. I think we do like the under. So moving on uh, to kind of cap out the AL, we've got the Toronto Blue Jays. They won 73 games last year. Yep. Uh, they're in a really tough division in the AL East, as we yes, talked about, um, and they're young. But they do have one prospect that everybody cannot seem to stop talking about. And his name is? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Jr. <laughs> so 
What? He, he really has been hitting the headlines a lot in spring training. They have the projected over runner for the season seventy five and a half. It's possible. I don't. It really, sure is. I don't, it sure is. I just don't really think there's much to talk about here because the Rangers are, they're not going to win a division. You mean the Blue Jays? Oh, I'm sorry, the Blue Jays. Sorry, the Blue Jays aren't going to win their division. No, but they pro- they're not going to be worse than the Orioles. No, I mean I think they're the clear number four in their division. The I'm excited, and I will turn on Blue Jay games just to watch Vladimir Guerrero Jr. see see what he does. But when you start looking at this team, I mean. Marcus Stroman is your number one. He's a hothead. He, yep. he hasn't shown the ability to carry a poaching staff, and there's questions there. The outfield is like you have Kevin Pillar, who's a gold glover, and you have Randall Gritchick, who has shown flashes of being a capable Major League Baseball player. Right. But you kind of look around this team, and it's just there's not a lot of competency. I mean, you've got the one guy I will say that I that I would like to see have a good, healthy year is Sanchez. Well, where does Vladimir fit into this equation? I think he'd probably play left field. Right. Which and we, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I think he needs to get reps. I mean, he's ready. I think there's no reason they shouldn't call him up because he has shown flashes in his limited time in spring training. And I think when you're looking at a bad team like the Blue Jays, no offense— I think there's no point in holding him down. Mm-mm. Let him come up. See if he can maybe make you a good team again. Mm-hmm. So that wraps up our AL. Right. And we both uh, are g- are in agreement on most of them. Mm-hmm. But I think if, you, if you're looking at it from an outside perspective, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Indians, the Astros, and the A's, should all be good. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, there are a lot of question marks. There are a lot of question marks. I think the only other surprises of potential teams are teams like the Rays, possibly the Twins. Right. Uh, hopefully the Angels. Hopefully the Angels. Right. So so there it is. So thank you all for listening to our over-unders Major League Baseball podcast. I'm Nick Laporte, and I was joined by Jake Adams. Jake? Boom, baby. Yost ball.